Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dark Side of the Force. This is Josh, and we're going to be going over the fifth episode of The Bad Batch, titled Rampage. Um, again, I'll just throw out this disclaimer that I will be discussing spoilers from the episode, so if you haven't watched it yet, um, you know, pause the podcast episode, but definitely come back and listen to the rest of it. I'm going to be going over some stuff about it, some stuff that I noticed as well as some of my faults. Um, also, I want to say um, happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody listening um, at the time I'm recording this. Um, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. The, um, Of course, Memorial Day is the unofficial start to summer. Uh, hopefully, um, it'll be a good one now that things are returning to normal. Um, I definitely want to get back to, you know, just the, the movie theater experience. You know, seeing those big blockbuster movies on the big screen, surround sound, um, you know, popcorn, cherry coke, you know, all that type of good stuff. Um, off the top of my head, though, I guess the only really blockbuster summer movie that's popping into my mind is Black Widow that's coming out in July. But I'm, or at least I think it's July. You know, that movie's been bounced around so much. I'm not even 100% sure anymore, but I believe it is early July now. Um, which I think is a pretty good time that Disney has set um, Marvel Studios because I feel like surely to goodness by July, most states will pretty much be back to normal at that point. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the latest episode. The episode starts out with Omega being given uh, Crosshair's old comm device since, um, you know, the boys realized that he obviously isn't going to be using it or needing it anymore. So they give it to Omega, and she immediately takes a liking to it, um, kind of messing around with it, which, you know, they remind her that, hey, you know, it's not a toy. And what they're doing in this episode is they're going to the planet Ord Mentale so that they can look for um, somebody who helped out the Jedi back in the day, you know, with information and things like that. And this person is called Sid. So they arrive at this cantina to find Sid because the reason they're seeking this person out for information is because they want to find out more about the bounty hunter who we know is Fennec Shand. They want to find out more about, you know, who hired her, why, um, you know, someone would be after Omega. You know, they're after that type of information. So they arrive at this uh, cantina and nobody knows where Sid is. You know, basically the boys begin to wonder if this whole um, trip here was just a big waste of time. And before I go any further, let me also point out that in this episode, Wrecker's um, head is still bothering him, which is odd because, you know, if you bump your head, it, you know, it shouldn't still be, you know, hurting at this point unless you've really, you know, messed something up, which a big guy like Wrecker, I would find that hard to believe. So it's pretty clear at this point that they're foreshadowing uh, maybe that he's going to suffer a similar fate of crosshair and he's going to have his own, you know, good soldiers follow orders moment where maybe Order 66 kicks in on him and maybe he tries to, you know, kidnap Omega and take her back to Camino or. Maybe he just, you know, starts fighting everybody. And this could also be another reason for why it'll put more urgency on them to, you know, seek out Rex, you know, for help in disabling, you know, their inhibitor chips so that they don't have to worry about, you know, any of them suffering the same fate as Crosshair. But back to the, um, the episode here. So, you know, they're wondering if this was all just a waste of time and Omega goes up to um, this Trandoshan and, you know, Omega's just like, you know, you're Sid. 
So this is either maybe one of two things. You could say that, okay, more proof that Omega is potentially Force-sensitive, you know, that she could sense that the Trandoshan lied when telling them about Sid, or that maybe she just sensed that this was the person that they were looking for. Or, and this is my personal uh, belief, is maybe Omega just demonstrated that despite being very young, um, she already has a good sense of maybe street smarts. Which I understand doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, you know, she's still very naive and new to the world. Um, in this episode, you know, she has to be taught basically what slavery is. And, you know, so because that was a new concept to her. Um, but I think you could also argue that it might have just been street smarts on Omega's part. Because, you know, from Sid's point of view, if complete strangers walk into your business and they're looking for you and, you know, you're in kind of a shady business anyway with, with information and things of that sort, are you really just going to come out and say, yeah, that's me and maybe risk, you know, taking a blaster to the chest or something like that? So it would kind of make sense to deny who you are until directly, you know, confronted with, you know, you're this person because, you know, just as like a safety precaution. But anyway, they go into the back room at, after that point since, you know, the cat's out of the bag on who Sid is. And we see some cool stuff in her little back room, you know, like some clone trooper um, helmets scattered about. We see the same style blasters that Django used that are mounted on the wall um, kind of behind her desk area. So that was neat. And she's mentioning how with the Jedi being gone, how her business is suffering now. So that, to me... Seems like, you know, the Jedi were her primary customers, which is interesting um, that they would be the main people she would have been working with. But anyway, um, they show her a hologram of Finnick, and she doesn't recognize who Finnick is, but points out that, you know, it's obvious that she's a bounty hunter. And she agrees to get the information that they want, along with some credits, if they do a job for her and they need to rescue a child from Sigerian um, slavers. And they take the job, and they go off to this, like, rocky um, countryside-looking location, and they see, you know, the, uh, the slavers are there, you know, with the people that they've captured. And they assume that this young alien girl is Moochie, and Moochie is the name of the child that, you know, they've been sent there to rescue. And... They, you know, they go in to rescue, you know, the child, um, Omega's ordered to stay back. And I was actually pleasantly surprised that she actually did follow orders in this episode. It seems like all too often the trope with these type of situations is when you tell, you know, a child to do something, they end up doing the opposite and they end up making the situation worse. But Omega actually listened. I mean, you could tell she didn't want to just stay behind, but I mean, she did stay on the ship. And basically, um, you know, the plan goes haywire, um, you know, the boys get captured, they get, you know, those shock collars placed around their necks, um, you know, Echo tells the leader of the slavers, you know, that the Republic outlawed slavery, um, and then the slaver kind of brags about how, with the Republic gone, um, basically how their business is going to, you know, kind of return to the glory days, I guess you could say. That without the Republic's middling, um, he's basically talking about how with the Empire in place now, it's going to be easier for them to do the type of illegal things that normally the Republic would have been coming down a lot harder on them on, is what it basically sounded like.
And Omega is in the ship, and she's actually um, made together some type of black paint, pa uh, paste-like substance. And the Gonka droid that's hanging out in their ship, too, that's like, I guess, almost like a pet to them, I guess you could say. Um, or their little droid um, buddy. You know, I guess in all these type of shows, you know, you need to have like that droid companion. And it is kind of interesting that, you know, finally we have the Gonka droid as filling that role. But she's telling it uh, how her, um, she's making her clone trooper doll that she obtained from the previous episode. She's painting it black um, so that her clone trooper, she can now be a bad batcher. And I found that to be interesting because... You know, you could say that, oh, you know, she's just, you know, doing what a typical young girl would do, you know, or customizing a doll or something like that. But, you know, and she's referring to her doll as a she. So, and the fact that she was painting it black, I almost saw that as maybe foreshadowing, you know, that maybe Omega will completely fill the void of crosshair on the team. And especially if she has accelerated aging, like how most clones do. And especially, you know, if this show gets more than one season, I think it is very possible that we might actually get to see Omega as a fully grown member of the team and maybe have her own, you know, clone trooper armor. Um, that would be very cool. I mean, I personally hope that does happen if if, if she does have accelerated aging and, and the show gets more than one season. But um, anyway... The slavers on board the ship looking for anyone else. Omega's able to escape. And at that point, you know, she realizes, you know, the plan's gone wrong. And um, basically, she ends up freeing the boys uh, or buying them the opportunity to free themselves. Because while she's kind of evading everyone, she ends up freeing um, this adolescent rancor from a cage. Which we later find out actually is Moochie, um, the child that they were sent there to rescue is actually this, you know, child rancor. Um, and this is probably where the episode got its name rampage from. It's because the, the rancor, you know, it's a rampaging ramp rancor, you know, it goes crazy, um, you know, taking out, um, the slavers and just causing chaos. Um, we get a cool fight, little brief fight sequence between Hunter and the leader of the slavers. He uses the same electro style whip, um, that, you know, we've seen in Legends and then, you know, similar to what Sabine used in Rebels when she, you know, did that little sparring session with Kanan. So that was interesting to see that again. And um, Wrecker ends up taking down Moochie, um, beating it up, which was a little, you know, weird to see, but cool at the same time because apparently Rancors respond to uh, social hierarchy. So he had to, you know, um, basically show dominance in order to get Moochie to chill out, basically. And we also see Omega pick up one of the weapons that, you know, the slavers were using, which is very similar. It's basically, you know, the same bow and arrow style weapon that we see the Night Sisters use. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it's the same style basically as, as what they used on Daphimir. And then um, if you play the um, Jedi Fallen Order video game, you know, it's same style looking bow and arrow that the Knight Brothers use. So it's interesting that that's going to be her weapon of choice. And back to my earlier comment about how if she does end up becoming a full replacement to Crosshair on the, on the squad, you know, especially if she does age, you know, ex accelerated aging, 
then if she uses a bow and arrow style weapon, that she could basically fill that void of their long range specialist. You know, she could definitely be the type that maybe sits back and uses a bow as opposed to, you know, a sniper rifle type weapon. So if that does in fact end up being her weapon of choice, I think it's further proof that she's going to kind of replace Crosshair as the long range member of the team. Um, but anyway, we find out um, at the end of the episode that the person who wanted Moochie was Bib uh, Fortuna and two Gamorrean guards, you know, came with him. So that right there makes you go, you know, oh my gosh, is this the same Rancor that Luke fights in Return of the Jedi? I'm going to go ahead and say that it most likely is. I, I know that in Legends, um, Moochie was not the name of – when I. I never actually um, read this in Legends, but I know from listening to other people that in Legends, um, apparently Jabba's Rancor was not named Moochie. So I think this is just a case of... Um, I think this is just a case of them changing the canon to where, you know, oh, you know, it's it's a female Rancor and its name was Moochie. I think that's what it is. It's possible that Moochie could maybe ultimately give birth to the same Rancor that was in Return of the Jedi, but I doubt that's the case. I think this is just merely a case of them not following legends and wanted to put their own little stamp on, on Star Wars history and given a little backstory as to how Jabba ultimately acquired um, his pet Rancor that we see in Return of the Jedi. And, you know, that that is kind of a little neat connection that you can do. Um, if that is, in fact, the same Rancor, it's going to be hard to ever watch Return of the Jedi again and not want to, you know, just go, oh, hey, Moochie, you know, whenever the, you know, the doors open, you know, and it's, you see its glowing eyes as it walks out of the shadows. Um Anyway, as the episode wraps up, Sid calls for Hunter, you know, to come, you know, just, you know, her and him to come into the back. And basically, she doesn't really give him much useful information. I mean, you know, she confirms that, you know, the name of the bounty hunter, you know, is Fennec Shand. And that, you know, she's a new face to, you know, to everything. But she's already, you know, moving through the ranks fast. And, you know, he, she gives him his cut of the credits. And lets him know, basically, that the door's open if he wants, you know, future work. But then she also makes this comment towards the end that they, you know, that they must be valuable if they have somebody like Fennec Shand on their heels. And Hunter kind of looks around and looks back at her, kind of gives her one of those looks that if looks could talk, it's like one of those, you know, what are you getting at, you know, type of stuff. Um, which she says back to him, you know, don't worry, you know, that basically she's um, good at keeping secrets. Now, if I'm Hunter, I would be very concerned at that point because Sid is, seems like a very shady character and I would not trust her to keep my squad's whereabouts, you know, secret if the price was right and somebody came in offering enough credits or of course, you know, if she ever felt like she, her life was maybe threatened or something like that. Um, I think she definitely seems like the type of person that would have no problem at all with maybe cashing in on them and, you know, trying to make some more money. Um, and especially if Finnick is in fact working for Boba, which is possible, then that right there could be that Boba Fett, Jabba Fett connection. Because if Boba goes to Jabba, 
um, or maybe Finnick, you know, fails to locate the Bad Batch. So then Boba maybe gets involved. Maybe he goes to Jabba, and Jabba already has this relationship with Sid. So then maybe Jabba has uh, Bid Fortuna contact Sid, and then that's where Sid maybe rats out the Bad Batch and gives their location to, you know, Bib, who gives it to Jabba, who then gives it to Boba. Um, or maybe Boba and Bid do it and, you know, Jabba's not really involved per se, or doesn't have to be present, I should say. Uh, maybe Bib gives the information then to Boba. So uh, I think that is actually a very possible um, outcome. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, if Sid never rats them out or never does anything, then what was the whole point of that scene? You know, it, it, it sows the doubt, you know, of, you know, you know, can you trust Sid, you know, and I just feel like, especially since we know that, you know, there's now this connection between, you know, her and, and Jabba's people, that it just seems like the perfect um, outcome uh, for storytelling is for her to, you know, give the information to, you know, Bid, who then gives it to Boba. And then, then Boba maybe then gives it to Finnick, and then Finnick is then able to, you know, track down the boys, and they have round two. Or maybe at that point it'll be round three, you know, who knows. So, you know, only time will tell. I do think, though, that we are getting to the point where we maybe need another update on Crosshair and what the Empire is up to. Um, I would like to see maybe um, Crosshair and his new squad maybe do a mission with maybe Vader and his Inquisitors. I think that would be super awesome. Um, because we know that the Inquisitors were around, you know, when the clones were still a part of the Empire. So to me, it just seems like it would be a great opportunity to maybe see some more Inquisitors in action, maybe Crosshair and, and his squad, you know, accompany some Inquisitors or a Inquisitor, you know, where they hunt down, you know, maybe a, a Jedi survivor. That would be neat. Because I do hope that they find out some way to bring Vader or some Inquisitors into it. Because, I mean, the show is, um, you know, the show is great as it is right now. But, you know, when you add four sensitives to the mix is when I think it really gets, um, you know, it'll really get exciting. And then also, if Wrecker is going to eventually go nuts, um, it makes sense then, you know, for them to really want to track down Rex and, you know, That'll be neat whenever they do bump into him. And then hopefully maybe Ahsoka will be with him. You know, that way we can maybe find out what Ahsoka is doing in this period of time. Um, or maybe she won't be with, you know, Rex. Maybe it'll just be him. But I do think that um, this show will help um, shed some light on how Rex and Gregor and Wolf and all of them ended up where they were in, in Rebels. Um, but yeah. I think it's starting to pick up. I think the next big thing that'll happen will maybe be Wrecker going crazy, and that'll be why they'll have to, you know, seek out Rex to help with the in inhibitor chip problem. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, if you guys have it that's listening, I really would appreciate it if you would follow the show on Twitter at DarkSideForce4 um, or on Instagram at DarkSideOfTheForce. Um, I appreciate all you guys listening. I hope you've been enjoying the episodes I've been doing so far. And I just hope you all have a great day today. And thank you guys for listening.